0: Hey guys, it's Lamont Gracie. You're listening to the Expat Brad podcast, and I'm sharing my take on the imposter syndrome in this episode. But first, uh, I hope um, you guys are having a great week, as always. Uh, and you're listening to this podcast in a in a fun mood, or maybe you've turned to it because you're in a bad mood and you need something to lighten up your life. But then you've clicked on this episode about imposter syndrome. So maybe then you've clicked on this because you suffer from it, but we'll get to that stuff later. Uh, I am dreading summer. It's uh, it's upon us. June is here in a couple of weeks and June uh, starts this awful weather here. That's just humid and hot, man. And so all your outdoor activities are kind of curtailed quite a bit. Your life revolves around malls. And for me, having a kid that loves going out to the park, it adds this stress of like, what am I going to do with him? You know, uh, at this point, I feel like I should have listened to my wife and we should have had more kids. And then maybe if he had more siblings, I could just push them off and go, hey, it's your problem. <laughs> you guys, you guys sorted out, you guys play, you do whatever the hell you want. You know, it would be kind of cool that way, wouldn't it? I think that's why... Some parents have these kids. At least that's what my sister kept telling me. It was like, you know, they play with each other and then you have free time. Although I don't think she truly believes it or it really works completely that way. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, the truth is the situation is I don't know what I'm going to do with it, man. Just doing stuff indoors is so much money here as well. Just spending it on uh, indoor like play areas and whatnot. Um, we need parks that are that have like huge fans around them <laughs> it's just constructed, like every park should be like the Qatar World Cup Stadium just air conditioned so you can enjoy it for the whole year I mean you know it's five six months of the year that that are being underused in the parks and stuff and I I, um, I think at the risk of pissing off people uh, who are worried about the climate we just need more outdoor air conditioning. <laughs> That's what they did, right? Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. It's coming. We're going to have to deal with it. I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, hopefully, we'll also get away for the summer. We, we have our plans. If all goes well, then Zayan will spend a, about a month maybe in the UK and he can enjoy that. Woo uh, Which... Um, Yeah, and and then apart from that, I'm just uh, happy with the basketball playoffs. It's quite interesting. I feel bad with the Celtics playing the 76ers because I feel I wish both of them on one side could be in the finals. But it's been a great series so far if you're watching them. And then the Nuggets and uh, the Suns, that's another great one, man. I feel feel for this guy, uh, the Joker. He's putting up numbers and stuff. And uh, (laughs) unfortunately, I don't know if it's enough to get through the suns, you know, uh, with Katie and Booker being so hot and stuff. Um, Yeah, I still think the conspiracy part of me still thinks it's going to be the Lakers and Celtics, and, and it's all planned, or at least the Lakers winning the championship, and it'll all be like, well, look at this guy. Can you imagine the amount of money and interest and merchandise that will sell from LeBron's side if the Lakers win the championship? So it's all about that, man. It's all about the money. Bum, bum, ba, da, bum, bum. So, uh, speaking of sports, here's the deal. All right, I'm going to take you guys back to when I was young. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was in college, and I think it was my second or third year in. All right, and I'm, uh, I'm part of the cricket team for the college, and I'm, I'm actually the vice captain. Yeah, and uh, I'm possibly the vice captain. I've got to be a bit honest with you guys, because my friend was the captain of the team. And I would put myself as like a middling kind of player, at least in my head. I'm just, you know, again, just being honest. Uh, I was quite hardworking and I guess quite clever on the on the ground. So maybe that's why uh, my friend trusted me and, and had me down as a vice captain and stuff. But it was cool. Uh, that was the situation. And then we come to this uh, indoor cricket tournament, like an inter-university cricket tournament. And uh, my friend, the captain, Sajid, he was my best friend uh, in college. And he goes, listen, uh, this is a one-day thing. We're going to play against these guys. Why don't you captain this? And I I just want to chill and play. And I was like, sure. So I, I captained the tournament. And it went well. We won the whole thing. We won we, we won the whole about all the universities. We beat everybody. We won the final. And then we're standing at the trophy um what do you call it? The the prize ceremony. And they announce the winners, blah blah blah. Then they come to the player of the tournament. And I'm standing there completely like really happy. You know, we just had a great thrilling day. And and they announce the name of the player and it's uh, Salman and I pause and I'm like I don't know who is it and this is Salman Qureshi and I'm like I don't know who is there another Salman Qureshi here and then they say you pointed at me and uh, and I realized I had been given my numbers I hadn't even been looking at my stats and stuff through the whole day there's a lot of you know I was shocked I was just shocked there's a lot of stuff that I can take away from that story but but the main thing for me was this I was this you know, it was this thing that how did I win? I don't deserve this. I cannot believe I won this. I, and the whole time, I felt embarrassed about it, you know, instead of going like, yeah, I did it, I, I did good numbers and I I played well, I captained the team. i I just felt like they had made a mistake. and um it's not so much I feel about low self- esteem. I just think I didn't I wasn't looking for it. I always felt like shit, like I I, I am faking it. I am I don't I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I guess that's what imposter syndrome is, right? And for me what was interesting, apart from that story obviously facing it myself and reflecting on it <laughs> these many years later, is just uh, I was looking up these Comments online from celebrities and stuff. And here, I, I'm just going to read you some, right? Because it, it, they were that collected these, I just feel they're really cool. Um, Tina Fey, all right? She, she says, the beauty of the imposter syndrome is you vacillate, vacillate, vacillate. Vacillate. I didn't even know that was a word. All right, let me do this again for you guys properly. The beauty of the imposter syndrome is you vacillate between extreme egomania and a complete feeling of, I'm a fraud. Okay, oh God, they're on to me. I'm a fraud. So you just, you know, I think what she's saying is you just try to ride the egomania when it comes and enjoy it and then slide through the idea of fraud. <laughs> so, so that's Tina Fey talking about it. Uh We've got Tom Hanks. There's so many famous people who have it. Tom Hanks says he feels like he's faking it as an actor. And this guy has won a gazillion oscars for his performances right and this guy's coming up and saying so i think this one really felt close to home for me with that cricket cricket thing um up until then i'd done decently well in in college as a player and but but this thing always stayed with me you know that i'm faking it uh there's there's two three others you know there's maya angelo she's one of the writers the greatest writers and she just said every <laughs> i've written 11 books this quote is hers um i've written 11 books But each time I think, uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. (laughs) Right? Even Albert Einstein goes, the exaggerated esteem in which my life work is held makes me very ill at ease. I feel compelled to think of myself as an involuntary swindler. Oh, wow. These people are high achievers. If anybody should be confident and not have this feeling pop up, it should be people like them, but they're just, you know, it, but it happens to everybody. Uh, obviously, a lot more to people who are starting out in the careers, um, who think maybe they're not good enough, they don't belong. And um, uh, statistically, I think 70% of people somewhere around that experience imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. That's crazy. It's, that's crazy. It just baffles me that so many of us are walking around just telling ourselves we're faking this. We're not good enough. And it also amazes me because there are 30% of people going around overconfident, (laughs) just going, I am great. I'm good enough. This is what I deserve. And I'm jealous of them. I think, I don't know if they, uh, you, you know, what, what is it that separates them from the majority of people? And what sets them apart? What, what is it that, makes them not have this inner voice, right? You know, it's it's an inner voice. It's this thing in your little voice in your head telling you you're not good enough. You know, the one that says, who do you think you are? You're not smart or creative or talented enough to do this. Um, And and, and that voice is your imposter syndrome, right? Or Bob, as like some people like to call it. (laughs) It's that voice is probably louder than your boss on a Monday morning, right? It's so loud in your head. And uh on Twitter I was I, I just read this today as well. Someone tweeted about uh reading a stat about how uh fifty, sixty percent of the people do have an inner voice, but there are again like about thirty, forty percent of people who don't. And I'm thinking, that's amazing. It just explains a lot of stuff uh about how these people walk around. I just can't imagine it walking around without a voice inside your head telling you stuff. Like it makes you sound crazy when i say like that but everybody's talking to themselves i just assume that and most of the time i guess it's your negative critic right and who who then evolves into your imposter syndrome i don't know it's just very highly messed up all right even for my high achievers man uh all of us we, we just sometimes hang around like we're just waiting for someone to tap us on the shoulder and say sorry there's been a mistake. You don't actually belong here. You know, but you're not alone. Uh statistically, again, like I said, most of us have it. Even Beyonce has said she doesn't even know who she is half the time. Hey man, if Queen Bey can feel like an imposter, then there's hope for the rest of us. Okay. So that's the that's a positive side uh of imposter syndrome. I think in spite of having it, people can still go ahead. Um it's only when it's over when it takes over to the point where you're, where you can't, uh, where you miss out on opportunities, for example, right? The, the, as long as that, you, you're not not letting it control your life, I think it's fine. Because uh, I'm sure there are people out there who would have got that promotion if they had uh, just tried to uh, put the name forward. I've even spoken to a friend recently who was scared of taking the uh, almost said no to an opportunity of promotion because they were worried about how they do. Um, I, I'm really glad eventually they did. I'm not going to name them here because I don't know half the world know all my friends. <laughs> um, but it was again very interesting to have those conversations. When other people say it, I just go, "What's wrong with you? Why would you? Why would you do that to yourself?" So it's easier for me to get other people and go. Uh, it's obvious you should do it, man, you, you'll be fine. Uh, but obviously, I know, when it comes back to yourself, everyone just shuts down. And, and so yeah, we, we do that, you know, and we do it, not just work, we do it with love, we do it with family, we do it with so many, just a lot of opportunities out there. That I'm sure we all miss out on because we just go, I don't think I'm good enough for it or I'm faking and they'll find out that I'm not really talented. I think creative people tend to have this on an extreme level because you're constantly judged for your work and and, and maybe it's a protective thing as well. So you kind of go, hey, if I downplay it, so if they go... Uh, yeah, that last thing you did, that movie, that book, that joke you wrote wasn't great. Then you can kind of go, yeah, I know that's really my standard anyway. I just got lucky that previously my standup bit worked or something, and I and maybe maybe that's what we're thinking, right? <laughs> um, I've seen people like trying to overcompensate and act like uh knowing everything as well, right? So they try to go the opposite way and to the point where you're just using big words that you don't really understand and, and becomes pretty clear that you're faking it. Uh, It's, it's, it's that also. So you, you're not relaxed. You're not composed. You kind of go, I have to prove myself. And in doing so, you're putting this pressure that you don't need. Right. And most people too much pressure uh, will just freeze you up when it comes to creative uh, thinking and uh, abilities and stuff. So, Instead of enjoying it and being in a playful place, you you just get into this weird zone, and then you try doing more. And doing more doesn't necessarily mean doing better work. Yeah, and 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 that kind of stuff happens. And then, like, you just have uh, this for some people. The inner critic becomes really strong to the point where you could go up to people. I and again, I may I may have done it. Nah, no, I'm admitting out uh, here on on uh, live on my podcast, uh, and I've seen it happen to a lot of creatives again, where people go up and say, "Hey, you were amazing," and the person will downplay it, not from a humble point of view, because genuinely, I think believe uh, that the other person is just trying to be nice, and they've just said that to be nice. I I have felt that a few times. It's hard also to kind of go, "Did I really do as well as I think, or people are just trying to be nice to me?" Those things are so hard, and they're all true as well, because for me as a live performer, the trick the the, the hard bit is there might actually be a divide in the audience there might actually be five percent of the people who think I was the greatest thing to ever happen on stage, and then there might be another five ten percent or the rest ninety percent who think that I was absolutely crap, and so how do you know right it's uh uh it's it's just <laughs> it's this paradox. Like, sometimes my imposter syndrome is so bad that it actually makes me feel like an imposter about feeling like an imposter. <laughs> it's a never ending paradox of self doubt. All right. Uh, <laughs> but I guess there's one good thing you guys can have about the imposter syndrome is like it's this nice blame game. Uh, if you're doing something and it goes wrong, hey man, you're making pizza, you you burn it in the oven, uh, blame it on the imposter syndrome and, and not about your lack of cooking skills and and you can just go, Hey, (laughs) I wasn't meant to be great anyway. So, uh, so that's the truth about it. Too many people face it. And, uh, you know, you sit there and go, once you're conscious of it, it's kind of like, so, so what do you do about it? Okay. And I, I've spoken to people, I've tried different things. I feel like I feel like one of the things to do is is to kind of look at your achievements and and be and just enjoy them. you know Like if you list down everything you've accomplished big or small and, and you just take time to appreciate them, I think um, when you start doubting yourself, you you, you you can look at that list and go, listen, I am capable of something right? <laughs> like I'm not a complete moron idiot. I'm not a complete fake. Somehow I have enough to get this done. And and those things are good reminders and and kind of fight off this imposter syndrome for me at least. Um if you you know honestly god if you're having trouble coming up with achievements, it just write something simple like uh, I didn't trip and fall on my way to work today. I swear. Just just do that. And and the important thing is get that list going, all right? So just write some stuff and do it. I have to often remind myself about the fun gigs I've done, um places where I've uh killed with the audience and uh written something that I that I thought was a great joke and got complimented on and and those things offset a lot of times when you're worried about your own uh, performance or have this syndrome issue. Uh <laughs> I also think, you know, one of the greatest bits about doing improv is that you kind of learn to embrace failure on stage all the time because it's happening constantly. Uh, Perhaps more than ten times in the in a night, and uh, with success as well. So it's a real roller coaster of some of these shows, and and just for me, recognizing failure that it's a natural part of the learning process, and that everyone makes mistakes. Um, So instead of beating yourself up, you just kind of try to learn and move on. I know it's cheesy, uh, but I you know it's like why do you enjoy looking at blooper reels, right? Because it reminds us. It makes us happier to go, ah, someone else is failing as well. They're not as perfect as the thing they are. And it's nice to see them make mistakes. It just makes us all more human and more comfortable. And so <laughs> if you're making mistakes, just imagine that as your personal blooper reel. And people would probably enjoy watching that as well. And it's nice. So so just do it, you know. It it, it moves it from a place of embarrassment to just actually just having a laugh at it. Yeah. Uh, I also think, honestly, if you have it really bad, you should also talk to someone uh, like to the point where if you need a therapist, I think that depends on how much it affects your life. But if it does, I think that's, um, uh, that's something you got to do. Uh, so those are some of the ways I've dealt with it in the past. I think it's worked for me. And I've recently come across this other thing that I'm trying to understand and incorporate. And it's this idea of uh, the role of a growth mindset, right? So it, it in overcoming imposter syndrome. Uh, it, like, so basically what I've understood so far, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's, you know, individuals with a growth mindset, like they tend to believe their abilities and talents can be developed through dedication and hard work rather than being like a fixed trait about your personality or your life or genes, like it's not in your DNA. All right. And so I think, if you keep reminding yourself that belief, this it helps to fight off the feelings of being inadequate and and the self doubt that are common with imposter syndrome. So <laughs> I know it sounds very like and and I speak out against these uh, what do you call them life coaches and 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 uh, motivational speakers and stuff too often because I think you can go down that rabbit hole too much. But I think of this growth growth growth, uh, growth mindset. Uh, means instead of focusing on perceived failures or shortcomings, you can kind of reframe those experiences as opportunity for growth and learning. And I think those little things do help. And it's honestly one of the things I practice a lot when I'm teaching improv to people as well, uh, by embracing the challenges and getting through the obstacles, like persevering through it, you can develop a sense of confidence and self efficacy, I guess. So that change, um, can happen. I think, uh, people can combat it and and that's what I love about I think that's one of the main reasons why I love doing improv with people who are starting out to bring them to this world and I've said and not showing off right so the other day I was at a stand-up gig I don't know if I mentioned this in the previous episode but one of the guys in the audience came up and said hey listen I did um, these workshops with you about five, six years ago, and it changed my mindset. And I went out and I created a startup and I was like, wow. Oh my God. Like, that's awesome. And he said, yeah, the startup kind of failed. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was kind of embarrassed for a second. And he said, but that was fine. Cause I learned again and I kept going. And now I fixed the idea and now it's working. And I'm, I'm really happy with my life. And it just, just that stuff gave me so much confidence to go out and do stuff and you know it was really great for me to hear that because it just meant just a reminder to me as well that uh we're all we're all capable of more and fear is something that really strikes and makes so many beautiful things from happening and uh, you know if we could move that off i think i want to fight fear the most it's it's like the most brutal thing that causes possibly leads to the most evil in the world and if we move away from that we can get over it i think we'd all like just have a better life i think the world would be a better place i think um everyone would be a bit happier um and and we'd all leave live more fulfilling lives hopefully unless your fear is about killing people and getting caught and then the lack of fear means you go out and do it (laughs) i don't know I don't know. What if it works? Oh, no. I didn't think about that now. Oh, dear me. <laughs> what if there's like a serial killer out there and one day he comes to me and goes, hey, listen, you did that workshop, man. Really freed me up. And I, oh, no. What am I doing? Okay. Well, hopefully that's not the case. And most people are just doing great things. Um Guys, that's my take on this whole situation. It's my personal experience. I think if you can Go ahead and still do things and not let it shut you down. Then you're actually fine, nothing to worry about. But if you are, then just remember um, the couple of things I've mentioned here. Uh, go out and do it, and do it in spite of feeling like an imposter. And we'll beat that. Um, we'll beat that little voice. Okay, cool. On that note, uh, I'm going to go packing. I'm going to Turkey, so I'll be away for almost a week. Uh, work and family time so I'm quite excited I will let you know how Istanbul goes Uh, till then you guys take care and I'll catch you in the next episode people it's time to say goodbye or as a dog would say woof